Welcome back to the Modern Cop Podcast. I started this conversation with my guy Kenyon uh, at Tased and Confused on TikTok and Instagram. We started this conversation about five minutes ago before I realized I hadn't hit the fucking record button. Um, also, this is why I can't have a YouTube channel because you can't swear for the first 30 seconds and I made it 27 seconds. Uh, but that's okay. Kenyon, how's it going? Going well. How are you doing? Good. We are. Uh, uh, we're having a little bit of deja vu, a little Groundhog Day, because again, we did just have this conversation, <laughs> and I have I have had all of one sip of bourbon, so that's not the issue. Um, but we will, <laughs> we will, we will launch right into this. Uh, I uh, I realize this has been uh, over a month since my last recording. I, I haven't put out an episode since uh, before the uh, Crimes Against Children conference out in Dallas. Great conference. If you get the opportunity to go uh, patrol detective, uh, if you are in investigations in any capacity, uh, which you start your investigations on the road, then they go up to uh, the detective bureau or however your agency does it. Um, uh, Crimes Against Children specifically are some of the more complex uh, and uh, and uh, emotionally and and just psychologically taxing investigations that uh, that we can conduct. uh, so I highly recommend that uh, that you sometime in your career, sooner rather than later, get out to that conference uh, in Dallas. Dallas in August doesn't sound like a real great idea, uh, but there are two hotels you can stay in uh, that are connected by a sky bridge to the conference center. Uh, so you don't ever have to go outside uh, unless you really, really want to. And it actually wasn't that bad. Uh, shout out to Dallas Police Department um, and their Police Officers Association for the hospitality out at their little POA clubhouse. Uh, and thank you for the Coors Light. That was uh, extremely tasty and very, very appreciated in, uh, in your hot and humid weather. Uh, but here to my, uh, to my rescue, uh, in comes Kenyon uh, at Tased and Confused. Kenyon, thank you so much for coming on the show and, uh, uh, and taking, taking some time out of your Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Uh, so uh, now again, because uh, this is essentially take two of our conversation. Um, <laughs> uh, now, Ken, you know, I understand that you don't drink alcohol and that's okay. Um, uh, but I, the question remains the same. You can have a drink with anybody living or dead. Uh, who is it and what non-alcoholic beverage are you drinking? <laughs> yeah, I know it sounds so boring. But um, yeah, my, my drink of choice is um as i as i said in take one <laughs> um just disc- discontinued drink um but then we're going for anyone dead or alive too so i'm i'm considering the dead drinks as well um but a uh monster energy um it's like uber monster uber, yeah something like that and um and i'm gonna i'm gonna be drinking that with uh jordan peterson uh for sure he's he's you know, he's just been such a, I feel like such a good cultural influence uh, these days, especially for um, fighting the, the, the culture of this, like, you know, um, radical, you know, feminist type thing where we're trying to, you know, they're trying to smash masculinity and calling it toxic and all these things. And I really think that, that the last thing we need is a bunch of, you know, um, girly boys running around, right? Well, I'd say that the, the idea of toxic masculinity, like when I think of toxic masculinity, what comes to mind is like the 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 alcoholic fathers of the 1950s and the 1960s, and and even you know even now, right? Is these these dudes that walk around acting super tough, thinking that they're they're hot shit, and they're getting into to domestics all the time, and they're doing oh, a yeah, shitty was, job. Was, 
fucking yeah well, the, the male dv suspect exactly the male dv suspect we've all been out on those calls they're doing a shitty job raising their kids they they just, they just don't give a shit but they'll sit there and they'll act hard and they'll still they'll, they'll think they're so tough uh i would i would absolutely say that that is what i think of when it comes to toxic masculinity not this whole idea of like man we need to not have you know we need we need uh like sensitivity training in the infantry. No, I need the infantry of the United States military to be really good at one thing in particular. Um, and, and if it's not what you want to do, I, I like, there are certain, I don't know. There's certain things within this, uh, within society that like warriors need to be warriors. Uh, we can have warriors who are also poets. We can have warriors who are also philosophers, uh, but don't take my warriors and turn them into something that they don't need to be. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Make understand that at the end of the day, they are still, um, they are still those warriors and those, those like those guardians. Right. And, and I think that, uh, to a point, the same can be said for law enforcement to a point. I'm not saying that we need to ditch like, uh, you know, training in, in emotional stability or, or, um, uh, I, I forget what the, the buzz phrase is right now about like a, um, intelligent, uh, intelligent emotions or something along those lines. Cause I think that is necessary in certain aspects to be successful. Um, I mean, I'm a, I, my first like quote unquote specialty training I went to was uh, a week long school for crisis intervention training. I don't think every cop should go through the week long school of crisis intervention training and neither does the CIT program because not everybody has got that, that disposition. But I mean, that's, Dude, right. we, we could do a whole we could do a whole episode on that you know <laughs> oh absolutely one of the first uh one of the first um recommendations when i was uh, going into the the police academy we had an or we had an orientation and and they handed out a book called um, an emotional survival for law enforcement and it's a small book it's not you know it's not a huge read but it's it's got some information that i think is really crucial for exactly that surviving emotionally through the job right right though you've got to have you know you got to have some tough dudes uh uh around in the world in order to uh because the rest of the world uh doesn't really give a shit about what we think and what we feel i mean you can look at um you can look at the russian government and two days ago they just started like conscripting every military age male uh, which I think mm-hmm. they put a pretty wide age, de- age definition on. Um, and, and they just started conscripting these dudes and ordering them away from their homes and their families. Uh, the Russian government doesn't really give a shit if, uh, you know, somebody in the United States doesn't like what they're doing at the end of the day. Uh, if they red dawn this shit and there's Russians that start falling out of the sky, uh, into, uh, uh, Actually, they filmed that in in your old uh, your old home area of uh, of Yavapai County, I believe. Uh, but if they really? start if they start tumbling out of the sky, was that the, was that the original red? Yeah, the, or the newer one. No, the OG one, the one from okay, okay, the one from the eighties. Go back and rewatch that. I think parts of it were filmed in Prescott. I could be completely off base, but it certainly a, a lot of the scenery looked fairly familiar. Um, but I yeah, could be yeah. I, I could be wrong, but. Uh, um, you know, if the Russian paratroopers start falling out of the sky, um, there are certain things that, uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
that they that they're not really going to care about. And uh, enough video games to know how that's going to turn out. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. If I re- think back to Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two. <laughs> How did that one go again? Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> like Warzone in real life. Warzone in real life. <laughs> ah, shit. My, my city was the one that Verdansk was based off of. That kind of sucks. <laughs> Phoenix was not. Phoenix is not the uh, the depiction of, uh, of Verdansk, I promise. That's probably an Eastern European city altogether. Um, uh, we're going to go off the rails a little bit on these conversations, Kenyon. Sure. We're going to go down the rabbit hole, and that is 100% okay, because I think it provides a more... Uh, authentic uh, experience. But uh, I will get us back on track just a little bit and say I, I would love to uh, if I dude, if my podcast rates high enough one day to sit down with Jordan, Jordan Peterson, that would be uh, awesome. He's got a great quote while we're while we're on this sort of topic of, uh, of toxic, toxic masculinity in terms of uh, like our future, right? It really any the future of humanity is is our children, right? You and I are both parents and he's got a great quote about um, I'm going to completely screw it up, but it's something to the effect of like, stop telling your kids to be careful. Your kids are going to fail. They need to fail safely, but they need to fail. So like, stop, stop always stepping in. Um, I try to remind myself that with my son, he's, he's almost three and you be like, Hey man, don't do that. And then he, and you know how toddlers are, they just look at you and they're like, I'm going to do it. And you're like, all right, whatever, have fun, figure it out. And then, you know, thwack, ah, so (laughs) they, they learn, learn their lessons. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a little boy that's going to be four next month and I've got a little girl that's a year and a half now. That's awesome, man. Does it get easy? I, I I don't know if we're going to have two kids. I, I, I really don't, um, that's a, a conversation for uh, for probably not not on a not on a podcast of this nature, but uh, um, I've I've heard it does get like it, it. You know what you're doing going into the second one, but that doesn't make it necessarily easier. Oh, absolutely not. Our 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 second is almost the complete opposite of of my first. So my my first is like he is a lot more careful, and he's a lot more. He, and I don't know why he's a lot more sensitive, but like my little girl is that, is that toddler that will look you in the eye as you're telling her no. And then she will do it anyway. <laughs> right. And I, and I've tried to, I've tried to put that same kind of principle in practice of like, let her be like, ha- you know, do these kind of dangerous things, you know, not nothing too dangerous. I'm not going to like outright neglect my child and like, let her you know walk into the street and be like oh hey where you're gonna learn that this was dangerous no but like you know she likes to climb she my 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 son never climbed but she will climb everything and and she has climbed like the the arm of the of our couch and just just dove headfirst off of the arm and onto the ground and i mean she learned you know that so like i i I don't. I don't know. It's 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 an event. It's an adventure being a parent, and it's it's certainly something that's a learning experience both for you and your kids. But yeah, you know, I feel like this, these are experiences that they need to learn within you know certain boundaries, so that they can, you know, grow up to know these principles and then you know also know their their limits. Yeah, absolutely. My the new one uh, is just today. 
my kids got like a little like a little kid's table up in the loft and he'll eat snacks there he'll color there that kind of thing and uh we've there's a baby gate blocking off the loft from the rest of the house uh we also have a, a gate across the stairs so that he doesn't uh yeet himself down the staircase um but uh he's been trying to like manually climb over this thing uh as if it's an obstacle uh and and just throw a leg over it but he's not quite uh strong enough to- i would say he's tall enough he just hasn't quite figured it out yet and i uh i i hear him like giggling and so i <laughs> come out of my bedroom and he has pushed one of the chairs from his like tiny toddler table against the gate and he's trying to like prison cell escape our uh, our little loft play area and i'm like what what are you doing where did you learn to do this um and, and i'm curious to see if i just let him go how far he'll get but i also again i don't want him to like you know throw himself uh and and go tobogganing down the staircase if i'm not ready or something like that but <laughs> but no man kids are a trip uh i'm i'm convinced that uh the the gray hair that I'm now sporting are around my temples, uh, which thank you so much to everybody who points that out to me nowadays, who hasn't seen me in a while. I really appreciate it. Um, but I can only blame like 50% of that on my job. The other 50% I'm pretty sure is being a parent. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So Kenyon, you, uh, uh, Oh, I almost forgot my other icebreaker question, man, about books. I'm a huge nerd. Um, I always have been, uh, except now it's cool to be a nerd. Uh, I don't know if it's a societal <laughs> thing or it's just because I'm in my thirties and I, I just don't care anymore. Um, uh, but, uh, like reading books is now, is now cool. And it's like a sign of intelligence and it's all these things that, uh, that people love. Um, and, uh, and I've been a book reader for, uh, a, really a voracious reader for a long time. Uh, but I love to ask people cause I like to get new, new book ideas, man. So, so hit me with it. Are you, are you reading any books right now or have you just finished any books? So I just finished, um, two books that <clears throat> are, are kind of, I feel like I, re- I read them for what I'm, you know, what I'm trying to do. Right. Um, which is kind of build a, like build a, a, a personal brand essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so with like with my TikTok channel and all that, um, so I read "Crush It" and "Crushing It" um, by Gary Vaynerchuk, um, which I, I mean, I feel like they're good books, um, but they're they're more like motivational, right? So I was kind of I I kind of went in expecting um, a little a little more content, um, and I and I got and I feel like I got a lot out of it, but. Um, it, 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 it's just basically telling you like, you know, if you really want this kind of stuff, if you really want to build your personal brand, like you have to work for it. You have to go 16 hour days, 18 hour days, you know, give up, um, give up leisure time. And you know, what I like about those, those books is he talks about, about putting an emphasis and a priority on your family, um, which, you know, I, I, I totally agree. And I, and I sometimes I feel like I struggle with that, finding that work, that work-life balance. But, um, you know, my, my goal, um, since starting this has, has really to, has really been to kind of build this vehicle, which I can, I can drive that, that is, a means of like pushing out my, my message, which is like positivity, 
of of law enforcement toward law enforcement, bridging the gap between the public and and law enforcement. Um, trying trying to show like you you have the phrase humanize the badge, and and that's that's what I'm trying to bring. Um, so there's so that those are the most recent that I've I've finished. Um, I do want to give honorable honorable mentions. Uh, for just books that I that I really love, and um, one of my favorite um, fictional books is One Second After. Oh, so and good. we were talking about Russia, um, you know, recently, and like they're they're you know recruiting for they're, they're basically having a draft, and you know there's news about it. There's gearing up for like a new phase of of war that Russia's throwing out there that it's possible, you know, possible tactical nukes and like all these things. And I'm like, I might have to, I might have to get on that one second after book again. I might have to look into this like <laughs> post-apocalypse type of, you know, type of scenario. And, you know, who knows if that's, if that's really going to happen, that's beside the point. But, um, that's, you know, one of my favorite books I probably, and I prefer audio books. I, li- I like to listen, um, and I'm one of the, those weird people while I'm like exercising, I don't often listen to music. I'll listen to like audiobooks or podcasts or something, uh, just cause that's, that's what, that's my preference. But like, I love, I love that book. Yeah. One second after I, I listened to it as an audiobook before I was a police officer. Um, cause I used to, I used to do, uh, like statewide, uh, pest control and, uh, and like weed abatement. And so I'd have, you know, okay. you drive from, you drive from Phoenix down to Ajo in Southern Arizona or, or up to like page, you've got some windshield time, uh, to kill and oh, radio, radio stations don't always work all that well. And you can only listen to the same CD so many times. And I, I did date oh, myself okay. a little there saying CDs. Um, <laughs> uh, but one second after uh, I had a, had a tape player in, in my first car. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do you, uh, I can remember my, so I didn't have a tape player in my first car, but I can remember my sister, um, had a Saturn, I think was her first whip. And yeah. she had the, the tape player that had the aux cable coming out of it. So she oh, could yeah. plug it into her like, um, Sony single disc CD player, you know, the ones you'd always stick it in your pocket, but it would constantly skip because mm-hmm. it's not an iPod. Uh, yeah, those were the problems kids that we faced back in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> and so shout out to people who came up with MP3 players. You're uh, the unspoken heroes <laughs> of the world. Um, but I think one second after was on, I don't know if it was on like the congressional rating list at some point in time. And I don't know how strictly they adhere to, uh, I know that, um, Newt Gingrich was, was, um, he was either the forward or like the, you know, the, you know, the, like the post comment right. or, or what you call it the afterward, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. One or one or the other, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I know it was, it kind of garnered a lot of attention, but I, I don't know. I haven't really heard like, you know, because it, for those who haven't read it, it deals with, um, like an EMP attack on the United States. Mm-hmm. And it talks about the the weakness of the the electrical infrastructure, um, as well as like the <clears throat> the infrastructure of like transportation and, and military. And I know that I I believe that since then a lot of the military has hardened their their you know own transportation infrastructure against EMP attacks. But I don't think that like overall in the through the general population, um, our electrical grid could handle that. 
Oh, well, you, uh, though you don't live here anymore, you've, you've moved uh, a little bit further north, but you know as well as I do, having been a former resident of Arizona, that uh, a thunderstorm happens and, and all of a sudden the, st- the streetlights stop working. So, oh, yeah. Um, uh, no, one second after uh, does a does a great job of, uh, and from what I understand, I am not a, a physicist, I am not a scientist by any means, but one second after is an extremely accurate representation of what could happen uh, or what would happen if any if an electromagnetic pulse was uh, was detonated, and then what could happen as a result uh, of that. Uh, so definitely, uh, no hands da- hands down, Duro, definitely uh, a good honorable uh, honorable mention. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, uh, um, in light of, of nine 11, just recently, I, I have a, uh, a passion of learning about like intelligence and counterintelligence and, um, uh, like the, the security apparatus and, uh, you know, cause we, we learn from our past, right? At least we should, you, you should seek to learn yeah, from your should. past. Um, and I've been listening to, uh, the looming tower, which was a, I think it was a, a Hulu TV show, um, with like, a. I want to say Jeff Daniels um, and uh, a, a couple other folks, but uh, uh, the book goes into a full, like a full background of um, uh, radical Islamic terrorism and how 9-11, basically the entire lead up to 9-11. That's where I learned that Osama bin Laden was in a, uh, uh, like a vocal group, like a, he, he denounced musical instruments, uh, but he was in a quartet of singers of, of all wow. things <laughs> they would sing about jihad but uh i didn't i had, had i had no idea osama bin laden had a voice that could sing. can can you just imagine the uh like i have this picture in my mind of like the old timey like 1920s quartet singer groups with the uh the striped shirts and the the matching <laughs> pants and the little like bowler hats the, bar- <laughs> the, the barbershop quartet. barbershop quartet yeah featuring <laughs> osama bin laden i want everybody to just let that seep into your mind for a few minutes and i hope i hope you get a chuckle out of it uh and and you know what in honor of that very conversation i am currently drinking a glass of horse soldier bourbon uh started by uh, a couple of guys who were the first ones into afghanistan so um that was a a nice little time they don't pay me uh they don't send me free whiskey uh it's just good and i enjoy drinking it um uh i'm I'm just going to be thinking of the caliphate quartet from now the caliphate quartet Dude, I wish you were in studio, man. We'd have it. We'd be having that much more fun. It'd be good times. Um, so, no, great book recommendations all the way around. I'm also currently reading a book uh, called Ghost by Fred Burton, who was a diplomatic security service special agent uh, back uh, in the 80s. And uh, uh, well, I think in the, yeah, the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s and uh, and into uh, the 90s and the early 2000s. They're really interesting sort of like behind the scenes of, uh, of some of the major terror attacks that, uh, that occurred, uh, not only here in the United States, but also, I mean, the, the Marine Corps barracks bombing in, in Beirut and, uh, in the eighties and, uh, the Pan Am Lockerbie flight one Oh three, uh, being blown up over Scotland and, uh, the 93 world trade center attack. Very, again, interesting stuff that I, I, I didn't really ever have any, any knowledge on, um, uh, uh, but, uh, you, you did talk about, um, building your brand and I guess that's, that's what I want to get into, man. That's what I, I want to talk to you uh, about today. But before we we launch into that, what uh, I mean, you are still a police officer. What led you into being a police officer? Yeah, so my my journey into becoming a police officer was a little bit unexpected. 
Um, it was never really a, the career that, you know, I, I was never really like one of those kids that was like, I'm going to be a police officer when I grow up. You know, I always felt like with an honorable position, I, I have an uncle that is, um, currently on his like final years, um, before retirement with Los Angeles County, uh, Sheriff's office. And so, you know, and he, he's a, he's a hoot, man. He is the, one of the funniest guys that I know. And, you know, maybe if I, if I personally start up a, a podcast of my own, I'm going to get him on for sure. Cause like he, like, man, I, I don't know. He's, he's like, if he wasn't a cop, he would have been a comedian, I swear. Um, but I always, I always looked up to him and <clears throat> there was a, there was a time when I, I had been married for about a year and a half. Um, I didn't really have a career, nothing really going for me. I was working in construction. I got laid off. Um, you know, I had a brother-in-law that was doing like, like a sales job, you know, those summer sales jobs. Right. Uh, he was out in Texas, so I can, I can totally, um, relate with August in Texas. <laughs> I was out there in I was out there like June, July and August. And I sold like, I was, I was trying to, you know, I was out there trying to sell alarm systems and I sold like three and I was like, I dude, I'm not, I'm not a salesman. I, I can't do this. And my, my, uh, my wife was pregnant with our, our first kid at that point. And I was like, man, I, I got, I can't, I can't be doing this. I have to find a career. You know, I'm going to, we're going to end up on the street. No, you know, no money, no, no nothing. Right. So we left Texas. Um, we went back to actually um, Mesa, um, where where my in laws were living. Um, and I started I started applying for. Oh well, I talked to my talked to my uncle, and then I talked to my best friend, who's also um, with the sheriff's office in Utah, a small small sheriff's office. Um, but both of them were like, "Yeah, you got to go county." You got, you got to do, you know, I'm talking to a couple deputies and they're, of course, they're going to, you know, try to sway me like that. But yeah, so I, I applied, um, for Maricopa County and for Yavapai County and boy, am I glad that Maricopa didn't take me. <laughs> I've heard, I've I heard spent, that from a few people. Know, <laughs> Cause I spent like, you know, after that August, you know, I, I, I spent the beginning of August in Texas and then I spent the rest of August in Mesa in the, in the Valley. And it was just so sweltering hot. And I was like, I, you know, I went on a ride along out there and I was like, I cannot, I cannot, you know, imagine being <laughs> in a vest in this heat, man. So, um, you know, I go through the, I go through the application process. Um, you know, Maricopa ended up cut, cutting me, um, throughout the process. And, but Yavapai, um, carried me through. And I actually, there was a point in my, in my interview where I thought I, I did the oral board and I thought that I wasn't going to get the job because <clears throat> they, they asked me, they were like, Hey, you, you know, put yourself in a situation where, you know, your, your partner is basically taken hostage. They have a gun, you know, the suspect has a gun against their head. What are you doing? And I froze because I haven't, I had no prior law enforcement experience. I had no military experience. I had no idea. You know, I, I was, I think, in, and I think in hindsight, I was trying to, I was trying to think, what do they want me to say mm-hmm. instead of what would I actually do in that situation? And I, I still think, um, in, you know, just in my heart, and I, I never, I never expressed this to, 
this individual in the in the sheriff's office. Um, but I still, you know, thank this uh, this person because after that oral board, he pulled me. He, you know, they they were like, okay, you know, you we'll we'll lead you out of here. And he pulled me aside and he was like, knowing that in the state of Arizona, if lethal force is being you know threatened against a third party you are authorized to use threat uh, lethal force to eliminate that threat what would you do would you change your answer and i said yes i'd shoot him and he he patted me on the shoulders and he says that at a boy or something similar to that right so i ended up getting the job and i i i called myself the wild card because out of like 10 hires from the sheriff's office I was the only one without prior experience in either military or uh, like detention. But out of like 10, six, six, other, like, no, like four. I, I want to correct. That. I think we had like 12 when we went, when we went into the academy and we had six washouts, two for injuries and then four for just like they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to deal with the academy. Right. And so this, the, the, the whole experience, you know, it was, it was, uh, they, they talked about stress inoculation at the beginning of the academy. And it was really that for me, right? I had, I had not been through anything that was, that was similar to that. You know, we had, we had a stress academy. It was, uh, the, you know, the drill instructor, we got smoked all the time. You know, we were doing, we were doing push ups. we were doing, um, you know, flutter kicks, all these things in between, you know, in between the courses we were taking, right. We had like eight minute breaks, three of that, three of those minutes were, were PT. And then five of them, you had to fit in like, you know, filling up your water, going to the bathroom, you know, grabbing the granola bar or whatever, you know, but, um, it was an experience that <clears throat> really did prepare me for the career and, and got me into, you know, the, the right headspace where I definitely wasn't, you know, prepared prior to that, no matter how much I may have thought that I was, but after, you know, being put through that, um, you know, that, that's really what, what, what prepared me for this, for this career, which I've ended up loving actually. Well, there's, yeah, there's, there's uh you brought up a lot of good points. There's a lot to to kind of uh, unpack with that. Number one, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. This, I no, 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 don't apologize, man. That was, that was good. Um, this career allows for, uh, you'd mentioned, you know, getting laid off from, from construction um, and then going out to Texas and, and trying something else that just wasn't working out for you for one reason or another. And then you kind of, you know, uh, you had somebody put that bug in your ear of like, Hey, you should try this, uh, try this, this police thing. Uh, and, and of course, county gonna county, they wanted you to go and be a deputy. I understand. I, I get it. I get it. I tell people that my, my backup is not the dirt on the side of the road. So I actually, um, you know, I, I make a traffic stop and I've got eight other cops, not even all of them from my own agency falling over me to, to try and assist in, in some way, shape or form. That is only slightly an exaggeration. Um, but, uh, for so many people, as I'm sure you saw in the Academy, um, this is their first real live career, um, that, you know, Hey, there's, there's a, a, it's a steady job, a steady paycheck. 
Uh, there's there's room for advancement. I can I can move around within the organization if I choose to do so to, to some extent or another, depending on the size of your agency. Um, and, and it's it's that first feeling of I hesitate to say comfort because there's very little about being a police officer that is comfortable. And yet we find ourselves in positions of, of, okay, I'm comfortable now. I'm comfortable in my career. But then you get into the Academy. And like you said, you had that roughly 50% washout rate. And for those folks, maybe it just wasn't for them. Or like you said, two of them got hurt. Um, that, that might kind of be the end of it, but you pushed through, you were able to, to kind of complete the endeavor that is the police academy. And, and it is probably the first time for many people that they've had that stress inoculation, that they've been getting their ass handed to them in, in physical training. They've been getting screamed at on top of what a lot of people don't realize is most police. I can't speak for every police academy because the United States, it's not standardized. Uh, you know, it's, it's state dependent uh, based on, on their own governing board, but most academies that is a college level education that you are getting. That is basically a, um, I would say like a, at least a two year associate's degree program squeezed into about five months. You know, yeah, I got, I got college credits for that. Yeah. And, and to, well, and you do, and you get college credits for it. Right. Yeah. I, had to, I had to sign up through the, the local community college and I was basically a student for that time. Yep. Even though I was, you know, sponsored through the, the agency. Right. Right. And, and, and now you mentioned that I remember being, down here in Maricopa County, uh, at least where I went through the academy, you got signed up through like Rio Salado, which is a community college. It's all part of the Maricopa County yep. community college system. But um, no, you are you are a student. You know, you you have a trade uh, to learn. You have a, a whole lot that gets and really. A police academy could probably be a year in length. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, I was talking to some of the guys that were in my uh, my academy class who were veterans asking them how it how it compared to boot camp because I wasn't in the military so I don't know what it's like and one of the guys that I was in there with was like it, the the quote-unquote stress inoculation uh like the military is on a whole other level because uh, he goes he goes I get to go home every night that's kind of a nice change at least that's how our academy was I know that's not every academy beast like I get to go home every night yeah we get yelled at yeah we have to PT it's not all that bad he goes but where the stress comes in for uh, for for him was the academic side of it because it's it's college with the added aspect of getting your ass handed to you. Um, All right. Uh, if if you really hate running, I would recommend you go be a police officer in some place that doesn't have mountains because you will run up and down those mountains. So uh, try to uh, try to make your life a, at least a little bit easier. Um, uh, but it's like Kansas. Well, yeah, go, go Kansas, Nebraska, I don't, I don't, I, Iowa. I've never been to any of those states, so I'm sorry to anybody in any of those states that's listening that are like, "Hey, fucker, we have hills." Uh, I know, right? like, we we've got hills. <laughs> like I, I had to run up like a six thousand foot tall mountain, so it just wasn't that much fun. Um, it probably wasn't quite six thousand feet tall. It's probably shorter than that. I, I have a, a tendency to exaggerate from time to time, but uh, I digress. I, I have to say though, I, uh you did, you brought back some memories talking about that, that interview question that screwed you up, uh, inevitably in your interview, uh, to those of you who are thinking about getting into this, uh, truly amazing career. Um, you will get asked a question about that, uh, for, for Kenyon, it was, you know, Hey, your partner's taken hostage by a gunman. What do you do? Um, mine was a little bit different and I, 
I had my I had that question in three of uh, my my oral board uh, interviews for uh, some of the agencies here in Arizona. Uh, and the first time I was asked that question was in 2013. Um, I was I think I was in community college. I uh, didn't have a whole ton of life experience. And I, same as you, dude, you're sitting there and I'm like, oh, shit. Um, because uh, uh, I was sitting there, what do they? What answer do they want? And the worst part of the, you know, in terms of like, uh, uh, like Arizona criminal code, I knew what the answer. I worked at a gun store when I was taking this yeah. this interview, uh, so I was fairly familiar with with what is and is not allowed. But even still, I'm like, well, okay, so like my partner's been shot. Uh, I'm going to stay with my partner, provide medical attention, and radio the suspect description. I failed that oral board interview. Mm -hmm. Um, cause that is not the answer that they were looking for. Uh, and it, at the time I was, I was an EMT, so it was the appropriate answer in my mind for me, but it was not the appropriate answer for law enforcement. And so that was now a little bit based on your personal experience. Right, right. It was, and I wasn't even a working EMT. I'd gone to the school, uh, uh, for, <laughs> for a, a fire science degree that we don't talk about anymore. Um, at least <laughs> not in my current position. Um, but, uh, I, I called my brother-in-law. So you have your uncle. I have my brother-in-law. Funny enough, also used to work for LA County Sheriff's Office. Um, uh, and I'm like, dude, I, you know, this, this is some of the questions that I had. Like, where did I go wrong? And, and he broke it down and explained it to me. And I was that much more prepared for uh, the next two oral boards, which were both for the same agency. Um, so, no, there's there are some things that you don't really consider uh, getting into the job, um, but it is a great, as you said, you love this job. I mean, I do too. Um, one of the things I, I uh, try to remind myself um, is to, uh, uh, you know, listen to the advice that you give. And I, I don't know if you were ever given this advice, Kenyon, but, uh, you know, I was always told, remember your why. Um, and I try to remind people, remember your why, but also understand that there are some days where you're going to have a hard time convincing yourself that that is still a good enough reason to do this job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my, <clears throat> so I've left the, I've left the County now and I've gone PD and my, my chief is really big on, um, the Jocko Willink. Oh, right. front yep. Stuff. Yep. Yeah. And that's a, um, the remember the, remember your why is a big part of his, of what my I, I i'm not sure if it's if it's exclusively jocko's but um but it's also like my my chief has that it's like plastered on the wall remember your why along with all the other principles that are that are part of like echelon front and all that stuff yeah but you know that's absolutely it's, it's absolutely you know if you don't remember your why the the this job is so um i want to i want to just say like emotionally taxing that if you don't keep that in mind you're going to lose yourself to cynicism you're going to get you're going to get jaded to the point of i i think what we kind of see in a lot of these um i guess these um cherry-picked media uh clips of these cops that are um you know going off the rails or that seem that like they're so insensitive like they they don't care about you know, the people that they're dealing with. And I think that that's a, you know, that I, I it frustrates me, see, you know, seeing that. And I feel like, um, 
I feel like there, you have this whole, like, the media is just bringing this dump truck of, like, bad portrayals of law enforcement. And here, you know, we are just at the, at the back of this, you know, dirt pile that this dump truck's digging. With, we've got our little shovels. Right. And we're trying to like dig this dirt up and say, hey, look, you know, it's not it's not as bad as, you know, the media is, is making it out to be. These are these are exceptions. You know, you're seeing what you're seeing is these individuals that have lost <clears throat> the, their why they've lost their uh, purpose in law enforcement. They, they've they've, you know, succumbed to the desensitization. That's a hard word. Desensitization, I guess. If that even is a word. If it's not, um, we're uh, adding it to the dictionary right now. <laughs> yeah, if it's not, then it, it is now. Um, but basically, you know, my, my thought on it is, is exactly that. It's, you know, you're, if, you, if you can't keep the purpose in mind and, you know, keep your eye on that, on that proverbial ball, you're going to lose yourself. Yeah. I, dude, I, I love the analogy of... Uh, you've just got this dump truck just just dumping shit and here you know the good cops are um and and we're we're trying but we have these little shovels and the dump trucks keep coming right i mean it's probably just like the little gardening shovels too the little trowel right we've just got little gardening trowels and, and and what's what's dumping dirt off is one of those big mining dump trucks from caterpillar that's like nine stories tall um that uh that is i'm gonna get one of those if uh, the russians come jumping out of the sky believe you me um but i, I i'm reminded of uh, uh to put it in a, in a slightly different context because uh, there are people who will sit here and argue until they're blue in the face about you know mm, 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 cops are bad and this that and the other thing uh i was terrified to go on a cruise ship because i'd seen too many movies and seen too many news stories about shit going wrong on cruise ships. They're in the middle of the ocean and they catch fire and you can't do anything about it because, you know, the water that you're surrounded by does not, I don't know, it doesn't work as well. I don't, you know, or they, they, they it has to stay outside of the boat. It has to stay outside of the boat because it's bad. <laughs> if the water gets into the boat, then you end up with an entirely different movie with uh, some chick hanging onto a door in the middle of the ocean. Um, and and Celine Dion just comes out of nowhere. Um, but uh, uh, my wife, uh, I don't want to say she grew up on a cruise ship, but that was like her family's vacation. That was what they did was was get on a cruise ship. Um, uh, and we were taking a cruise for like our our second anniversary. We hadn't really done anything for our first anniversary because I had just graduated the academy and was going into to like field training. Uh, so for our second anniversary, she was like, I want to go on a cruise. And I was like, ah, I don't want to go on a cruise. All the bad shit about cruises. And she goes, you never hear or see on the news that a thousand cruise ships did everything they were supposed to do this week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. And then guess what? I went on a cruise and I had a great time. Uh, there was a dude who got naked on an ice rink. That was weird. Um uh, but, uh, overall had a, had a pretty good time, uh, on a cruise, um, even went into, uh, went into Mexico, uh, which, uh, I'd always been like, ah, I don't really know that I want to go to Mexico. No, I had a great time in Mexico too. So, um, the, the same holds true for, for law enforcement. We get this, this bad press, as you said, we get these few individuals who have forgotten their why they've forgotten why they want to do something and they've let it just consume them. I, I, I also harp on like the 
the health side. I brought it up in a in a meeting this last week. Um, you know, hey, what are we gonna do for our officers? You know, there's there's still this national statistic of I think it's fifty five or fifty seven years old. Like within within three to five years of retirement, we kick the bucket as cops. And how do we combat that? Um, and I was told to go make a podcast episode out of it, which may or may not have been sarcasm, but here I am making a podcast episode. So <laughs> meh, joke's on you. Um, uh, and well, uh, so this is, um, to, kind of to that point. Um, I, you know, I was looking up some statistics lately. Um, I was at a, just for like a pitch meeting. I was, cause I'm, I'm also trying as a, you know, aside from my, um, like my TikTok channel and my social, my social media, I'm also trying to launch like a, like a clothing brand or like apparel. So I was at a, um, at a pitch meeting for some investors and this, this, this is the backstory of where I was looking this up. Um, but there's a, there's about 900,000 sworn law enforcement officers in, in the United States. And that includes local and federal, but you know, we, we hear about the one that happened, you know, this week or, you know, in the case of like some of these unfortunate, like, um, school shootings, like Uvalde recently, we hear about the, the, you know, the couple, the three of them or the four of them, who, you know, however many, but, but, you know, we, we, there's no, there's no focus on those other 900, you know, or 899,900, whatever, cops that are that are out there trying to do their their job that are trying to be the you know uh, a, a positive influence on the community that are really trying to you know just be a be a good cop yeah it's and it's not that hard to be a good cop we're all going to have our shitty days right i mean i've i've snapped at people um yeah i've had i've had more good days uh more good days than bad and as you said the media wants to talk about one guy or, or we'll say, you know, Hey, Hey, 10 dudes, uh, in, in this state or there or that state fucked up today. Okay. Yeah. Let's learn from their, from their screw up so that, as you said, the other 899,990 of us can take some sort of knowledge from that and go, okay, we won't do this. We will do that instead. And all right, let's move on. But there's no news stories about the other 899,999 police officers. You might get one, right? You'll get one guy who like saved a Labrador from a canal. Right. Um, uh, and, and I'm not downplaying that by any means whatsoever. Uh, or you'll get the, uh, there was one, um, was it last week or two weeks ago? I think he was a sheriff's deputy that uh, like full kit just dove into the, this lake and pulled a dude from a submerged car. Like that is fucking awesome. That dude deserves news recognition. Right. The uh, I work with a cold case detective who just uh, uh, got a, a guilty verdict on a case that sat cold from 1991, 31 years wow. later. She deserves a, a pretty fucking good level of recognition. But you just so many things that that go on on the data in the day to day working lives of police officers, you won't hear about because and. and to a point, I think that it's it's okay because we don't have any sort of expectation when we suit up and go to do our job every day. We know right from wrong. The vast majority of us, we know right from wrong. Um, and we do our job to the best of our extent. 
every day. There are doctors who accidentally kill people. There are lawyers who fuck up things all the time. There are teachers who screw up. Um, there, you know, there are parents who screw up. There are firefighters and EMTs that screw up. There's construction workers who screw up. You know, there's every job has it. There was a, there was a during the Apollo missions. Again, I'm being a nerd for for two seconds. There was a dude. There was a dude working on the lunar lander who fucked up his math. They built an entire lunar lander based off of his bad math. And thank God it didn't go to the moon, but it was a crash test thing and it completely failed. And he sat there reworking his equation and was like, Oh my God, I screwed this up all the way back on like step two. Oh wow. And he had to go, but he was accountable for it. Right? Like, yeah, that doesn't mean that uh, that we need to go to NASA and put a micro put them put them all under a microscope and be like all of you have screwed up. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. No, I was told at the beginning of my career, they said you're going to be in a fishbowl under a magnifying glass. Everything yep. you do. Yep. And especially now with the the you know the basically every agency now has incorporated body cams, which is good. You know, I I it, I entirely agree with with you know having a, a system that because body cams go both ways mm-hmm. you know body, body i mean you're 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 seeing everything that that you know is going on with victims with suspects um you know and it's not all inclusive i mean it's not like a 360 camera that it's really catching everything around which i mean maybe we might start seeing that soon but you know it's it's I'm I'm on board for for accountability for transparency. Like what I what I get, there's a lot of haters on on TikTok. I've found there's a you know because that's that's you know it's the social media effect of you have the anonymity, you have you know you really don't have much accountability if you're just this faceless person on you know on TikTok that you can throw out some you know some crappy little comment that you thought two seconds about and is not based on any facts. But, um, I get a lot of people that are, that, that think that cops just, they say cops, all they do is lie. All they do is, you know, is cheat the system. They, they're not accountable for anything. And I, I'm one thing that I'm trying to do, you know, trying to do. And I mean, I feel like I'm just beating my head against a brick wall, you know, doing it with, doing it on TikTok. But, um, I've reached a, a couple people here, but anyway, um, you know, I'm trying to show people that there, there is, there is accountability. Cops aren't unrestricted, right? I, I like to teach about case law. That's one of the things that I've, that I've kind of dedicated a lot of time to, to trying to learn because I want to be able to do my job. Uh, within the constitutional boundaries, I mean that's important to me. The Constitution is a huge thing because it's you know it's my constitution too. It's my constitutional right. Mm-hmm. I'm a citizen when I'm not a cop, right? And like you know, I don't want to see those rights go by the wayside. So I want to I want to educate myself on how I can best you know do my job within those boundaries. And 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 that's kind of where this where this originated, um, where I was like. I'm, I'm learning this information. Why don't I try to share it? And so that's kind of where this, this got kickstarted a little bit. 
And um, then it kind of it kind of morphed into like I'm also trying to do some edu- or some like entertainment stuff too. But but like you know I get a lot of people that that talk about that stuff, and I'm I've been talking about like in in the integrity bulletin. Arizona's got a good one. Um, you know it talks about when you know cops get their their certification revoked or suspended for, and it doesn't name names, but it tells it it'll tell you what they did, and. So I just want to show people that, like, look, yeah, we are held accountable for our actions. We can't just do whatever, right? It's not some, you know, it, it's not some, like, uh, some bros club that, that, you know, you're going to stick up for your bros, and if they do anything wrong, then you'll, you know, you'll just be like, well, whatever. Yeah, those days are are, so, are are gone. It's not the, as you said, it's it's not this good old boys club, right? It's not the... It's not the twenties yeah. and the it's not the twenties and the thirties anymore, um, or, or or you know any time uh, you know there, like within the the twentieth century. It's it's a different world out there. Uh, I've never known a career without a body camera. Uh, body cameras yeah. have have saved me from complaints. I had a commander come into uh, my briefing. This was like back in two thousand and nineteen, and be like, "Hey, this person. Do you remember talking to this person? They were driving their car through the park. I'm like, uh, yeah, vaguely." why he goes oh they called and complained on you and said this that and the other thing he goes i've already reviewed your body camera footage and i told them to pound sand well appreciate you commander uh, i'm like that was that was awesome I, I don't even remember doing anything and he goes well you didn't you didn't even cite the guy uh despite the fact that he was violating city code you were nice to him uh you called him sir and then he told him to have a good night and he still called in and complained on you i was like oh well I'll go, that's that's kind of that's yeah exactly the way she goes boys like uh um but it's it's less and less of this good old boys club, and I'm not saying like I, I still believe in in police associations. I still believe in good supervisors uh, sticking up for their troops, you know, against unreasonable um, unreasonable complaints, um, unreasonable expectations, yeah. uh, and certainly supervisors who will look at something like uh, uh, <clears throat> um, we'll call it the c word from 2020 that shall not be uh, said in full, um, and saying like, hey let's maybe not do that that way. Cause that's, that's not winning as any friends. And what's the point behind us telling people they can't be in a park. You want them to just stay in their house this whole time. Like that's no people should be allowed to be outside and exercise and, and like get fresh air. Um, different again, getting off the rails. Um, uh, but I'm also for being held accountable and, and more importantly, holding yourself accountable. There are a lot of things in right. law enforcement that people who are, I think are coming into the career don't realize this is that like when you go into the polygraph or you go into the background, don't hold back. Don't, don't omit things. You can survive a lot of things as long as you're honest and upfront. If you've committed blatant felonies um, and, and seem to just do it willy nilly cause it's fun, then I don't know that policing is a great career for you. Um, but yeah. if, if you smoked weed in high school, don't try and lie about that. Like own up to it. Um, yeah. And, and on that note, when it comes to accountability, my uh, I'm a detective, so I'm not I'm not in any sort of position of of like departmental leadership. But I think it was um, I can't even remember the agency. I just I just reposted it. Was it San Diego PD? 
There's an agency that if an officer comes to them and says, hey, I'm struggling with alcoholism or some sort of addiction issues, they will not discipline that officer. They will give them essentially administrative paid leave and put them into rehab or put them into wow. some sort of program to help them through that. That is good. If you go off the rails in as a police officer and you show up on duty and you're drunk as a skunk, no, I don't think that you should. I think you should be disciplined for that. So, um, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and on the note of the 360 cameras, I was joking around with uh, one of my partners and I was like, dude, the days are coming where like a Blade Runner 2049 when he gets out of his car in the beginning and sends the little drone up. That's how it's going to be. We're going to roll up to scenes and a drone's going to pop out of the hood of our Tahoe and uh, <laughs> we're going to have a body camera. We're going to have a drone oh, right. camera like all the city cameras are going to turn to us. Um, uh, I, I, I'm a huge proponent of body cameras. Uh, uh, I, I'm a big fan. I think they're great tools. Uh, they're great investigative tools because you may you may be writing a report from memory or or you've you know you've scratched out notes on a a, a flip notepad, um, but you go back to your body camera and you're like, oh shit, that's a p that's like a key piece of evidence or that's a key statement that that person made. Um, so no big big proponent of body cameras. We can't be that far from those 360 cams uh, by by any means, but. Uh, uh, but as you've said, I, I want to take some time and talk about what tased and confused uh, is. And you've, you've hit on it a little bit, man, with, uh, you know, you're, you're working on educating on case law and it's sort of morphed into this, like uh, you've got this entertainment aspect to it. But what is it that made you, uh, what was the catalyst? What was like the, hey, I need to do this? Yeah, so there's, there's a lot to it. Um, one, of, one, of the, one of the big um, factors of it was that... <clears throat> I mean, I was, I was looking, I, I was looking to, to get into some sort of like side hustle. Right. And because my, my wife's got some health problems and that's a, that's a whole different topic that, you know, I could talk a ton on, but the, the essentially, you know, she can't work. Right. And, and so, you know, we've been, we've had some struggles financially. I mean, we've always done, done well, like enough to, you know, to live off. It's never been like a, you know, huge struggle, but like, um, she's, she's kind of incurred some, some medical bills and we were just kind of looking for something that, you know, that, that we could do. And that's where, that's where it started. Now I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that being, you know, putting all that time and effort into TikTok. I mean, it's, it's not like, it's not a cash cow. And, but it's, it's kind of become, it's, it's become a lot more than, than that to me. It's, it's, it's evolved into something where, you know, I, I, I've, I've always wanted, like, I always wanted to, when I was younger, like I wanted to make videos. I, when I was young, I made, I skateboarded and I would like make these skateboarding videos because that was back when like Tony Hawk's pro skater came out and you had all these, all these skateboarding icons and stuff. And, and that, <clears throat> you know, that kind of, that kind of sent me on that, on this path that, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to create. And so that was always kind of a side thing. I, I got into like photography and videography. I shot a couple weddings and, you know, I did, I did some, some photos, um, you know, families, whatever. And so I've had this like creative side of me and I, th that I, I feel like is kind of like, I feel like I have these two, you know, opposite things where I'm like, yeah, like I'm a, I'm a cop and I'm, you know, I'm supposed to have this like, you know, warrior mentality. But then like, like you said, you can, we can have, 
the warrior poet, you know, the warrior can be something, can be something else, you know, so I've got this, this, you know, creative side and it's something that I've been able to channel through, um, you know, through this, this account. Um, so it's, it's multi, it's multifaceted and it's, it's got a lot of, of different gears that are in this, you know, this system. Um, but it's evolved into something where I have got, you know, I have this knowledge, I have this passion. Um, this is my, this is my, the area of expertise that I've spent the last, you know, four or five years in. And, you know, I want to, I want to do something. I want to, I want to try, I want to at least try to, I guess for lack of a better term, be the, be the new counterculture, right? I used to be the counterculture was going against like, um, you know, going against the government, going against the, the man. But I feel like now, you know, police are the scapegoat, but everyone's like, yeah, we need the, we need the government. We need the, you know, we need more regulation. We need more of this umbrella stuff. And it's, it's kind of a, I feel like it's a kind of a, like a contradiction, I guess, to what they're, to what people are, are trying to fight against. And maybe I'm going, maybe I'm going like way too far off or, or like on a tangent or something, but, um, this all comes down to, um, what we've seen recently in the last few years of people kind of fighting against, um, law enforcement, law enforcement being the scapegoat, being, being made the kind of the the public enemy right i want i i don't see that personally i don't feel that i you know i don't have i don't harbor any ill will or any harsh judgment against the public right even if they you know sit there and they'll comment on my on my on my count um you know my comment section be like a cab you know cops just live there's no you know only good cops and dead cops that all that kind of stuff right <clears throat> i i just want to show people that like look you know we're we're on the we're on the same team right as long as you're doing you know you're you're doing what you're supposed to you're you're obeying the law you're you're keeping within you know within those boundaries i mean there's no there's no issue i'm not out there to harass the the you know grandma or whatever Right. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've told people over the last I, I'm guessing you and I have been cops for about the same amount of time and I'm coming up on on six years here. And I have told people from the get go that, look, I didn't get into this job to arrest the entire world. Like, that's not why I'm here. Um, I've had that that same sentiment of it seems like we are now the counterculture. Um, and uh, like there's this there's this been this weird paradigm shift of like cops in the nineties and there's still a few of them left versus yeah. cops of the like mid to late 2000, you know, 2010s into the, into the, I don't know, do we call it the twenties now? I don't know. Maybe we call it the twenties. Um, but there's such a, a vast difference that I don't think can be chalked up to just a generational difference. I believe it's a societal change. I mean, like I, I eventually one of these days I'm going to have uh, kick flips and donuts. Uh, uh, he's going to come on the on the show here. He's uh, uh, he's blown up as uh, he's been posting skateboarding videos. Uh, he's a sheriff's deputy and he will go out and skate with these kids at skate parks. And that's his way. That's his version of community policing. 
And yeah. damn it, is he success? Is he, he's he's seen a lot of successes with that. He he is doing more for community engagement um, than than most, uh, you know, than, than really anybody else that I can think of. He's doing more for community engagement uh, than the the guy who becomes a cop just to be like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, look at me and my badge, and they get badge heavy. Um, yeah, you know. Shit, he's doing more for community engagement than I am. I mean, I think that this this show, I, I hope that this show is listened to by a vast array of people. But I know that um, that it's it's a lot of cops listening uh, to this. And, and you get somebody like that who, again, like you grew up skateboarding. I grew up skateboarding uh, that right skaters in the 90s. We were the counterculture. And by no means was I like I, I wasn't making skateboard videos. It would have just been a blooper reel of me falling down a lot. But um, uh right? The skaters of the nineties were the counterculture. Um, yeah. And, and now, holy shit, we're cops. Like <laughs> my, my wife and her best friend are, uh, uh, would both tell you that at no point in time did they ever imagine themselves in their youth married to police officers yet here we are. Um, but it, it is this, this, uh, this, this shift, um, where, society seems to want to move a little bit closer and closer to chaos each and every day, man. And I don't know if it's going to be red Dawn so much as it is Mad Max. I'm a little bit terrified. Um, I should probably brush up on both movies though, just to make sure I'm well prepared. I'm not eating dog food though. Mad Max can keep that bullshit. Um, I I will, I will dig up pine cones if I have to and eat those. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I mean, kudos to you, man, because you, you're also, you're working towards that, Hey, we're not just the assholes with the close cropped hairs and the aviator sunglasses and the, you know, the, the weird mustaches. Like we have mustaches to be ironically funny. I don't have a mustache cause I get told I look like a hipster. Um, and, uh, like, yeah, I don't facial hair for that. Yeah, no, I can't. If I could grow a beard, I would. Uh, but I look like a 12 year old trying to grow a beard. Uh, so I just try to shave my face. Um, Same here. yeah, beard club hit me up. I'll say you can sponsor the show. I'll, I'll if I, if you're going to promise me a glorious Viking beard, then I'm game. Um, but, but you've brought this, this element of, of comedy, um, and you're, you're doing it in your own way. As you've said, there's still haters. There's always going to be, I mean, you, you talked about the anonymity that social media provides, whereas like, um, you know, you and I, t- and, and pretty much every other cop out there that's trying to show this, this other side of law enforcement, um, no, I don't even want to say an other side of law enforcement, man. Like we're, we're, I think that we're trying to tell it like it is. We just have our own, yeah. we just have our own platforms, right? Like you've got, yeah. you've got the, the TikTok side with comedy, uh, and, and talking about case law. And like I said, your, your off duty videos, which again, speak to me on a spiritual level. Um, uh, the, the one of like, Oh, Hey, you work at the bank, right? Cool. Hey, I need to make a withdrawal. I'm not working right now. No, no, no. It's cool. I get it. But Hey, I need to make a withdrawal. Um, we're, we're, we're doing it in our own way. And, and I think to a, to a point we're being vulnerable, right? We're, we're opening ourselves up to this hate and discontent. I mean, uh, I haven't garnered a huge social media following and I'm okay with that. Um, uh, at least for, for right now, but you've got a pretty decent sized following on TikTok, and what's going to come with that or, are the, the, I call them the waffle stick eating basement dwellers are going to come out of the woodwork and shit on you because they can, um, when, you talk to those same people though. And if you get them face to face, 
a lot of people are going to shut down because they're not, there's not that level of anonymity there. Uh, but I've had people that have come up to me and been like, you know, man, law enforcement, this, that, and the other thing, you guys suck. And, uh, Hey bro, do you want to come on a ride along? And they stare at you and it's like the deer in headlights look, and they don't know what the hell to respond with because you didn't take the bait, right? Like you're not, you're not answering back and being like this, like, ah, rah, rah, rah. you're lucky you're getting off with a warrant. No. Hey man, you screwed up. You're going too fast. Ah, I fucking hate cops. Why? I don't know. You guys look like assholes out there. Okay. Do you, what makes yeah, you think that? I don't know. Well, do you want to come on a ride along? Uh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. Yeah. And like, like we were talking towards the, the dump truck of the, of the negative media, you know, they see these videos on YouTube. I mean, you have so many like of those, um, like the auditors, mm -hmm. right? the quote unquote, um, you know, that, that are showing these like, Oh, you know, this like cop goes ballistic or, you know, there's these, you know, these cops and these guys intentionally, you know, their, their job is to intentionally provoke these, these officers into doing something. Um, but like, those are the, those are the videos that, that go viral. Those are the videos that, that these people see. And so they're like, all oh, these, you know, these cops are unhinged. They don't it, or they, you know, cop, my favorite one is like cop gets owned, doesn't know the law, that kind of stuff. Right. I'm like, 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 like doing like, like it's not in the title of our job, law enforcement, that you know, we don't sit there and comb through the laws all the time. Like I, you know, one my my favorite book is the book of statutes. Right? I'm like that's I I'm always looking through different codes. Mm. You know, I love curling up next to the fireplace with Arizona criminal law and uh, and just uh, put my slippers on, you know, the dog laying at my feet, drinking my drinking my uh, my bourbon. And and it's tell you what, it is a page turner. I'm better than Arizona revised statute. <laughs> <laughs> but he, well, you talked a little bit ago about I mean, no, no we're not going to know everything, but it's still important to do our job like within the the confines of of the constitution. And I think you've got now more than ever. And I, I don't know if it's just because we, as, as law enforcement, we have as, as a, as a job have, have learned, but there's more of an emphasis on case law and more of an emphasis on constitutional law. Uh, I would say now than maybe there ever has been before. And I think that might have something to do with the accessibility of it. But like, I just had a friend of mine who's in law school go, Hey, everybody in Arizona, like, Arizona has so many gun owners. How do you not just always have reasonable suspicion to search people or, or pat them down for weapons? I'm like, well, because that would be outside the confines of Terry v. Ohio, because I have to reasonably believe that this person is armed, presently dangerous and is, or is going or has committed a crime. And I simply yeah. don't always have that third option. So I'm not just going to go around to people like in front of the local Walmart and be like, hi, can I search you for guns? That's, that's not a thing. Yeah. And if any cop is out there doing that, don't <laughs> like, uh, please, I don't want you to be an asshole. Like, and, and don't get caught up. They review Terry V. Ohio. What's that? that if, if you're doing that, go review Terry V. Right. Ohio. Yeah. Very close. You should probably reread it. Uh, maybe a couple of times just to make sure and maybe get yourself some flashcards. You don't even have to write flashcards anymore. There are apps on your phone that can get you flashcards. 
just search on Google, you will find a Quizlet. There you go. Yeah, quiz, boom, Quizlets. Quizlets of uh, police <laughs> case law. Um, and in terms yeah. of the, the First Amendment auditors, like you and I have body cameras. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and again, as long as we all stay within the confines of the law, their job is to provoke you. Their job is to get you yep. so spun up. Nothing says you have to like answer them or respond. If they ask your name and badge number, that's public information. You're a government employee. Give them your name and badge number. They will find out. Yep. You will, by giving them your name and badge number and then just being done, or they're going to stand in the middle of the street and be like, hey, man, it's, hey, it's a, it's a violation of Arizona state law to block a public thoroughfare. Let's stand up on the sidewalk and we'll chat for a bit. And, and if you're just cool with them, even I say cool, if you don't let them get you wrapped around the axle, you'll pull the wind right out of their sails. Um, mm-hmm. And they're not going to post it to YouTube because they're not going to have that like gotcha content that they want. Exactly. Whereas if you shit on them or you let them get you all pissy, you're going to be all over the internet because they did their job. They got you. Um, so now we could, again, that's, that's one of those things. I'm going to have to get you that Southwest flight down here, man. Cause there's, there's a whole lot more that we could, uh, we could dive into than, uh, <laughs> than just a one hour and a half episode. I do. So one thing, and I, I know where, well, I like to think I know where you got it from pop culture wise, but where did tased and confused come from? Yeah, it was, it was, it was, you know, exactly that. I was, you know, I was sitting there trying to think of like, you know, I, what's a, what's a good catchy, like, you know, name, something that's going to stick that people are going to remember. Cause I see all, you know, cause I've been a, you know, an observer on social media for a while. And I had TikTok for a little, for a little bit, <clears throat> you know, just, just scrolling through. And I know, I know like the TikTok cops kind of get, they're kind of the butt of the joke for a lot of law enforcement. And um, believe me, I'm not um, exactly proud. <laughs> I don't call myself a TikTok cop, but um, it was it was that I wanted some, something that was memorable, um, something that was that was kind of clever, right? And so I was I was just sitting there thinking through, you know, and I, I was like, that that just popped in my head. It was just t- tased and confused. And I was like, you know what? I like that. It's perfect because you know, it is and, catchy. And it's memorable, and I love it. <laughs> And yeah, and I get, I get that reaction a lot. I get a lot of people that are like, by the way, I love your username. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, well, thanks. It, it's, it's, I mean, it's not really original, but you know, I thought of it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, uh, building out your own brand. What, what does that look like for you, man? What sort of challenges have you faced? What successes uh, have you had? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's been a, there's, there's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, truthfully, it's been kind of a, a crazy, um, ride and believe it, believe it or not, I've only been doing this since July of this year. And I mean, I've got, I've got, um, as of today, I think I had like 136, 134,000 followers or something like that. And, you know, it's, it's just been this incredible ride of, um, you know, of trial and error, seeing what works and what, what doesn't, um, you know, trying to promote my, um, my message, which is like bridging the gap. Um, as I mentioned earlier of, of like the public and the law enforcement, but a lot of the struggles, um, that I've had is, um, I actually had a lot more, uh, a lot more of an, like an, um, like personal negative reaction to 
the the more negative comments than than I thought that, that I would originally have because I was like, oh, I've I've heard of all before, right? I've I've you know, I I've been called names. I've had people tell me that they they don't like me, that they're gonna you know rape and murder my wife and all this stuff, you know, the the norm. <clears throat> but it, it wasn't until I I really was like I was putting myself out there and trying to have a positive impact and and in spite of that in spite of me genuinely trying to be a, like an influence to you know show show this 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 side or you know as kind of you said the the reality of law enforcement and then I still had these people that were saying that you know all I do all we do is lie and all cops are bad and all all this kind of stuff that I got I you know I kind of got disheartened a little bit I was like, man, what, like, am I doing something wrong? Like, should I even be doing this? And then, you know, I've, 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 it's given me a lot of time for like self-reflection and, you know, thinking, thinking through. And I have, you know, like I said, I listen to a lot of, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I follow some, you know, some political figures and some uh, entertainment figures and, and the like. And, you know, like I mentioned Jordan Peterson earlier, he, he's got a lot of hate for the things that he said. But he says them because they're true and he believes them, right? And, and it, the same goes for so many others. And, and it, you know, reflecting on that brought me back to my, like, kind of, you know, I mean, I'm pulling, you know, I, I'm pulling, we've had a lot of great, topics in this i'm pulling you know from all kinds of stuff but like remembering your your you know your why right so that's that's kind of kept kept me anchored and kept me grounded of remembering my why and um you know so i i've tried to maintain that through the things that i that i talk or that i the topics i i touch on the videos i post i tr- i try not to post stuff that um you know overly insensitive to to the general public that that that's going to portray law enforcement in a way where you know maybe other cops can relate because you know we sometimes excuse me um, we sometimes have these um you know kind of in in between friends and behind closed doors we have these like you know insensitive jokes that you know because because we're dealing with the the cynicism of the job and the the traumatic experience experiences that we have we're just trying to cope right and so we'll behind you know behind closed doors talk about people or say like oh i can't believe this person you know called the police office for for this or that but in in you know in reality any one of us talking to that person face to face would say and encourage and believe it if you feel the need to call law enforcement do it like i wouldn't hesitate i don't care if if it's because your you know your toilet won't flush because you know you clogged it, like if you feel the need in that in that situation to call law enforcement, do it. No matter how petty it is, no matter what you know, I I don't want people to be afraid of of calling the cops, and I don't want them to to feel like um, alienated from us, like we don't we don't care about the public because the truth of the matter is that we is is we do. And that's why we do this job. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it, I, I've referenced it before, um, 
few years back, Supreme Court essentially ruled that law enforcement has no legal obligation to uh, protect another human's life. Yeah. And right. That's something that I've uh, a lot with, with the recent, uh, like school shootings and stuff. Right. And I would, I would say to, to anybody who's thinking about becoming a police officer or to current police officers, if you look at that SCOTUS ruling, uh, the, the Supreme court ruling and you say to yourself, yeah, all right, cool. I'm good with that. Don't sign up for this job. If you are in this job, go find a new one because the rest of us are here for, for a reason. Um, right. I mentioned the, uh, you know, the cold case detective that I work with. Um, she has to have very, very difficult conversations with people who, who put a very heinous act behind them a, a long time ago. There are only two, two types of cold cases uh, in the state of Arizona, homicide and, and sexual assault. Um, and she's not a homicide detective. So, um, the, the conversations that she has to have are with the victims of this crime who put that behind themselves. Um, she doesn't do it because, oh, Hey, look at me. I, I fixed this. Yay. Look at me. Look how cool I am. She does it because she gives a shit about the victims of crimes. Um, as, as should every, um, every police officer, but as more to your point, not only the victims of crimes. Yeah. We've all been to those calls where you're like, really, you called the police for the, this was the, the first thought in your mind was to call the police department. And as a good police officer, as a good human, you keep that inside. You're sitting there. Okay. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to, to take your statement about your neighbor blowing leaves into your yard. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you know, instead of sitting there and being an asshole to him, you can sit there and take the time to educate him. Hey, so this isn't isn't really under the purview of criminal law in Arizona. Um, there might be a code enforcement issue here, though. And here's the phone number for city code enforcement, whatever the case may be. And that way you're maintaining that relationship. Uh, again, you said it. I can't even think of any better way to say it. You don't want people to be afraid of calling law enforcement because they, they don't want this cynical jaded asshole cop to be the one who rolls up and berates them for calling 911. Nobody if you call 911 uh or you call the non-emergency line unless you're doing it maliciously um you have for whatever reason that is the the decision that you've made in the moment to to seek emergency services to seek assistance from a uniformed police officer. Okay. That it, it's nothing. It, it takes no skin off my nose, right? It, I'm literally, this is my job. This is what I'm getting paid to do. I will come over here and I will try to help you solve your problem. And if I can't, I hope to point you in, in the direction of somebody, uh, somebody who can help you solve your problem. So no, great, great point though, that, uh, that you brought up that again, you, what you're doing to bridge that gap is, is awesome. And I think a lot of officers are, are capable of bridging that gap. I, I talked to my, uh, I've mentioned him on the show a few times, my best friend, Brent, I've tried to get him, excuse me, to come on the show. Um, and, uh, and, uh, one day I'm going to break him down. Eventually he's going to come on the show. I'll convince him. Um, I'll wear some super short shorts or something along those lines. If you work with us that you understand that joke, if you don't work with us, uh, but you're a police officer, you probably still understand that joke because we all have our work wives. Uh, mine just happens to be a dude. Um, but uh, he said, like, ah, I don't I, I don't know that coming onto a podcast is for me, man. I've had plenty of people that I think have been that would be worthwhile guests who are excellent police officers and great human beings. And they go, no, nah, it's not really for me, man. 
But Kenyon, you've done an excellent job in bridging that gap. You've got that, what'd you say, 150,000 followers just since July. So 150,000 people, maybe not all of them in the United States, but 150,000 people have seen a different side of law enforcement than maybe they, they wouldn't get otherwise, right? I don't know if we're super approachable like to a lot of people when we're in uniform. Uh, I don't give a shit. I go on vacation. I bring patches with me everywhere I go. I'll walk around to you like, hey, dude, you want a patch? Well, I want one too. Um, or, uh, you know, talk to you about your day or whatnot. But the, I think the vast majority of, of American citizens just kind of like, you know, side glances over at the, over at the black and white police car and like, oh, okay. All right. There's a cop there. Okay. Move on with my day. Um, whereas you, you've given them an option to maybe they might be able to use that anonymity as a way to, um, get past any fears they have of approaching police officers. I've met people who are genuinely afraid of police officers because that's what they know from social media or I should say the media in general. Um, and it's up to each of us individually as police officers to bridge that gap. However, it may be done, um, to show the citizens of this country that we are here for you. I'm not here to be your personal servant. I'm not here to be your quote unquote personal police officer, but I'm here to protect you and make sure that you are able to go about your life safe and happy. And if you never give a cop a second thought, I think I've done my job. Yeah. So, yeah, I, my, uh, one of my more successful videos, um, was, um, kind of a portrayal of, of like, you know, uh, the driver that I pulled over just sitting, sitting there wondering, you know, the, tr it's basically like the traffic stops taking a long time and the driver's wondering like, if he's going to get a ticket and then it cuts to, to, you know, me again, but in my uniform, well, I mean, my, you know, my hard plate carrier that I wear, uh, for the, for the TikTok character, the, the kind of persona, but, um, <clears throat> but it's, it's me like digging into like the, the abyss, right. The, like I dropped the driver's license, which <laughs> I mean is based on real, a real life scenario, things that have really happened to me where I'm like, where the crap did this, this driver's license go? And you know, I got, it's up to like, uh, I mean, that was like 960,000 views or something like Hell that. Yeah. One of my more successful ones, but it's like that. Showing, showing that kind of like uh, that fallible side of, of law enforcement. Like, look, we're, I mean, I drop, I drop my stuff, you know, down into the, the, the crevice between my, you know, my seat and the, the center console, just like you do. I get frustrated. I get frustrated with that kind of stuff. Like, you know, it's not always, it's not always bad, right? You're, you're sitting there. I've had a lot of people that are like, you know, reacting to that video. Yeah. It's like, sometimes I'm like, Oh, I thought like, do I have a warrant I don't know about <laughs> and this or that? I'm like, no, no a really good like, song it, came on, and I'm trying to finish it before I walk back to your car. <laughs> no, my no, my wife like called me out of nowhere and like <laughs> was like, hey, it's an emergency. But no, like, you know, it's it's just kind of showing that that human side that look, this is you know, I'm I'm a person. I, I like to, one of my phrases, my kind of phrases, if you can say is like before, before I was a cop, I wasn't right. You know, so I've been, I've been on both sides, man. Like I didn't, you know, this isn't the first, I wasn't born into this profession. I got into this actually like rather late for, you know, I, I was, uh, what, 28, 29. 
I turned 29 in the academy. Okay. And I'm, and I'm 30. Is that right? I think so. And I'm, yeah, I'm 32 going on 33 now. So, yeah, it's been, you know, so I've got plenty of life experience outside and, you know, I, I, I just want to show people that, that, you know, it's, we're, we're, we're relatable, man. We are, we are human. We're, we're people just like everyone else. And we've got likes and dislikes and we get frustrated and, and we have all these things, but like what we're all trying to do is, you know, ha- just, just be good people and live a good life. Like regardless if you're a cop or if you're not, like what you want is to have, you know, to, to make a good life for yourself, to be, to have a comfortable living, to be able to, you know, sleep at night knowing that you're trying to be the best person you can. Like we're not out there just trying to ruin people's lives. You know, we're not out there. I'm, you know, I, I give more warnings than I do citations. Yep. I, you know, uh, one of my, one of my greatest tool, one of our greatest tools, I, I, I believe is, uh, is officer discretion. And I, I try to use that a lot. Like, you know, I, there's a, there's a lot of times where even like you probably do have grounds to like charge somebody with a misdemeanor, but because of the situation they're in, you know, you, you're taking all of that, you know, you take the totality of the circumstances into consideration when you're like deciding, is this really something that's going to, you know, positively or negatively in, you know, impact this person. Right now, there are some things that I, you know, I'm always going to cite for like DV stuff. If there's, if there's probable cause, <clears throat> there's things that I'm not going to let slide, but like, you know, for the, the, like you, like you kind of said the the blowing the leaves on somebody else's lawn, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go and cite your neighbor for a misdemeanor for littering because you're unhappy with, with that. Like, n- no. Right. Like there, there's some that are just not, you know, it's, it's just, it's petty, I guess. And I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. There was a, uh, a particular stop sign intersection that I would always sit at when I was on patrol because people would always just blow this, this stop sign. And it was, uh, you know, it was it, it was a, an issue, but it was kind of an industrial area. I worked weekends, so the traffic wasn't always that bad. Um, if it was a, if it was a Monday or a Tuesday and the school was getting out, you were probably getting a ticket. But um, but if it was the weekends, then hey, no big deal. And I I pulled this one kid over, um, you know, sixteen, just had his license, and I'm like, hey, dude, I'm like, you know what my car looks like. It says police and like two foot tall letters on the side of it. I sit right there. I'm giving you, I'm giving you kind of a hint right now. I'm probably going to be sitting there next time you come around this corner because you work up the road and you live down the road. So don't run this stop sign again. Oh, all right, man. All right. Um, and so I, I get him a second time and I'm like, dude. And he was like, oh, you again. I'm like, yeah, me again. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, what? I'm like, what's the deal? I was like, I, there's a side. I'll give you an opportunity to explain. And he goes, no, nah, this one was just me being stupid. And I was like, all right, well, you know what? I'm going to let it slide a second time because you were honest with me. And I said, but if I catch you a third time, what's going to happen? And he was like, you're going to write me a ticket. I'm like, you're right. I said, I don't care what you're doing. If you run the stop sign again, I'm going to write you a ticket. Dude, two weeks later, I get this dude a third time. And he's got a, he's got a girl in his car. Um, and I'm like, bro, what did I tell you was going to happen? And he was like, you told me you were going to get me a ticket. And I look, and he, 
he was usually in, a, in his work clothes, and today he was in like a, I think he was in like a button down. I say today it was this was like two years ago, and he was in like yeah, a, yeah. he was in like a yeah. button down, you know, pretty pretty well dressed. And the girl that he was with, uh, you know, fairly well dressed. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, is this your girlfriend? And she starts laughing at him, and she was like, Ugh, no. And I went, all right, I'm not writing you a ticket this time either because I think I just embarrassed the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the. Uh, again, just, just having that, that discussion with people, right. Cause that, that kid came to know me, right. I was, I was officer Kevin. It was like, Oh yeah. Okay. I, mm-hmm. Damn. All right. And you know what? I worked that area for like another year and a half and I never ran into that kid again. He never ran that stop sign that I found ever again. The funniest story out of that stop sign I ever had was this dude in like a brand new Dodge Ram rolls this stop sign and he's sitting on like 35 inch BF Goodrich tires. And I was in the market for tires. So I'm talking to this guy. And again, it's like, 7:30 at night there wasn't anything going on on this road and uh, i have to stand on the curb so that i'm tall enough to see into his lifted truck and he's got a girl with him and and i know better now after stopping that kid i don't ask if this is your girlfriend anymore because i don't want to i don't want to embarrass the the dude driving the truck and i'm sitting there asking him about his tires and this chick is getting frustrated not like she wasn't being mean but i could tell and i looked at her i was like ma'am is everything all right and she goes i'm trying to have sex with him and i was like well I don't have a response to that. You guys have a great rest of your evening. Um, I kept his driver's license in my pen clip on accident. And so then I had to go to his house <laughs> and drop his driver's license off. So, oh, it's been, it's been an interesting career thus far, man. Um, those are, uh, those are some of the more I wanted to try to end it on a, on a more lighthearted episode or lighthearted, uh, uh, stint but uh you you have mentioned that you got some merch coming out uh you got any timeline on that when when people can go over and uh and uh get some tased and confused merch yeah so i've had um it's it's kind of on pre-order right now um i actually we actually just sent it off to um the for for production um but the the website is uh, well the, the the brand that i'm launching is is union caliber and so it's uniongaliber.com. Um, <clears throat> I don't have, uh, like, I'm not quite to the point where I've got, like, the tased and confused um, merch. But that's coming. I've got, a des- I've got the design. It's just uh, we're, we're launching two, two shirts for the, pre, uh, the pre-sale. Uh, the, um, and I, like, I love the designs. Uh, we have one where it's the thin blue line flag, and it's got the police oath in in the stripes of the flag and i i call it the oath keeper that's my favorite one and then the other one was actually designed by by my wife and um it's our born 1776 shirt um and yeah so those are the only two right now uh just because we're you know we've got to we've got to pay for the all the production and stuff like that and so we're just we're just starting out and just you know getting everything whatever we have for like capital we're, we're trying to put into it um but yeah you can you can order it on uh uniongaliber.com um i've got links all in my bio um i got i've got links to like you know people have asked me about like what holster i have uh what are the plates that i'm wearing i've got i've got links to all that kind of stuff too um but yeah and that and that's in your uh, in your bio on tiktok yeah, my TikTok. But I think I think I've already got. I I think I've got it linked on Instagram too. 
Okay. Awesome. So you can find, uh, find Kenyon over at, uh, uh, Instagram and TikTok uh, at tased and confused, uh, or head over to uniongaliber.com to get uh, some pre-orders in on some of his, some of his shirts. I do. I, I am curious if, uh, two things, uh, with a fairly large following on TikTok. Number one is, has anybody, uh, recognized you while you've been at work? No. Um, but funny enough, my, my wife just the other night, um, went to like this, this community, um, like event. And she, and she struck up a conversation. Uh, this, this, I, I believe this was actually, um, back on, on Wednesday I had a, or Thursday, Thursday I had a live with officer Nate, Nate Sylvester from, um, Idaho falls. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know him. No, I'm, I'm going to have to check him out. Yeah. 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 So he had that, uh, viral TikTok where he was, um, um, criticizing LeBron James. Uh, for for LeBron James criticism for for the law enforcement that one I remember. So yeah, yeah. we collapsed. And anyway, so she comes she comes back home after that night, and we're talking. And she's like, "So I ran in." So she's like, "I struck up a conversation with this guy, who you know we're like you know we were we were we were chatting about stuff, and and somehow the 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 conversation came up of like what I do, right? He asked, he's like, "Oh, what did your husband do?" and She's like, well, he's a police officer and he's also like making these videos on the side. Cause she's like one of my, she's my biggest supporters. She's, she's always like trying to, trying to get the word out, getting people to find. And he's like, oh, cool. What's, you know, what's his channel? She's like, oh, it's been confused. And he says, I just followed him like yesterday. <laughs> like you're, you're kidding me. You're, you're like, he's your husband. And so that's the closest thing that I've had to like someone in real life, like recognizing me. Well, hopefully one of the, well, I don't know if I want to say hopefully, I, I guess it's kind of a double-edged sword, but, uh, I'm sure as you grow eventually at some point in time, somebody will be like, Oh, Hey, aren't you tased and confused? The day is probably, it's, it's gotta be coming. I'd say, yeah, right. It's, it's inevitable. Um, and how have, uh, and I know you and I both have the same stance on, you know, we're going to leave our agencies out of this. Uh, sometimes it's policy, sometimes it's just best practices, uh, probably a little bit of both. Uh, but how support, I mean, you're going to get, I think, uh, some good nature ribbing, uh, and, and you know, some people are going to, are going to make fun of you in, in again, all in good fun. Um, but ha- what's the reaction been kind of, uh, around, uh, around your department? Yeah. So I, I did not tell anyone that when I started this, but it, it was only about a week and a half before like it, my videos kind of organically popped up. Um, cause TikTok will do a lot of regional stuff first. Like it'll send, it'll send your stuff out, um, you know, to your sur- geographically, you know, surrounding areas. And that's kind of where it pulls your audience from at, at the beginning. And so <clears throat> my videos started going out to, you know, the, the, everyone around me. So naturally if, if people in my, in my apartment are on TikTok, then they're going to likely going to be one of the first people to see it. Uh, especially since I'm like, I'm, you know, everything's like hashtag thin blue line and all this stuff. I'm trying to target my audience, but yeah, it was about a week and a half, two weeks before somebody came up to me and they were like, so, um, I was on TikTok <laughs> and, uh, I, so, <laughs> I, I, I kind of became the, the TikTok cop. Um, but, um, I, I've, I've, I've only had to take one video down. Um, be, because, 
there was a complaint from the department. And that was something that um, I, I, I filmed and I, I had like, I filmed it at the, like the city gas pump and they didn't like that. They were like, yeah, I just like, we don't mind you using the car, but like, just don't be filming on city property. I was like, all right, I, I get that. I understand that. But otherwise, like, you know, I kept having these conversations, like it kept getting brought up, like, oh, you know, because the word kind of spread. And so everyone on my shift was, you know, every week I'd get asked, like, oh, how many followers you at? And it was like, the beginning, it was like, you know, 10,000, 15, 20, whatever. And then it started getting getting bigger and bigger. And I was like, you know, eventually I was answering them. I was like, I'm at 80,000, I'm at 90,000. And then, you know, I had this huge jump. Um, I found that my, you know, my, the stories that I put out, you know, I've, I've done a couple like story times. I have this, you know, series I do is more morbid story time. And those get a lot of, you know, everyone loves that, that macabre kind of sure. nasty stuff. Those ones have got me like pretty, you know, they, they hit people a little bit harder and I've gotten a lot more followers doing, doing that kind of stuff. But it's been, <laughs> it's been a while or I just like, everyone's like, what? Like, how on earth are you, are you getting these, like, you're just, you're you. And my, my sergeant, was he pulled me aside. He's like, how does, like, like, cause I'm, I'm not like, I'm, I'm actually kind of a reserved person. I'm not like a huge, um, like extrovert or anything. But he's like, how does one of the quietest guys I know have like our <laughs> TikTok channel? Like, he's like, you actually have a really good stuff. <laughs> so, so, Yeah. Sometimes it's all it's, it's all it takes, man. Is uh, yeah. Is, it's good though that you've got support, even though I'm sure you know. Uh, to a to a point, there are probably some people that uh, that we both work with who are like, I remember, I can't believe the bullshit in social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, it is it is nice when when you have your your peers go, hey, saw what you did the other day on, and and that good work. Keep it up. And you're like, all right, cool, like that you know, there, there's a little bit of that validation, I think that comes with it. Um, but, uh, uh, for what it's worth, uh, I mean, you, this, this is the extent, uh, that, that you and I have ever, uh, uh, met and talked, but I think you got a great thing, uh, going on Canyon with taste and confused. And, uh, and I cannot wait to see, uh, how much more successful you become and, and how, how far you can, you can drive this, this crazy train, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing it. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm I'm I don't plan on stopping them. You know, I don't know if I don't know if TikTok's got the you know got it in mind to to ban me. I've had a few uh, I've had a few people you know conversations with people who who've been banned multiple times, and uh, there's like a fine line that you gotta ride ride. So you know, hopefully, I'm not dealing with that anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the, the, uh, ever changing and ever mythical algorithm that none of us seem to know anything about. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's, I, I don't know what all goes into people getting banned. I, I, I can tell of the, you know, the, the super egregious stuff and obviously you're violating, uh, like some, some pretty serious shit, but the, uh, the more like nuanced, I don't know, some things in community standards seem very, uh, gray more objective right right yeah that's yeah more objective exactly so 
Well, as we uh, as we wind down, man, I, I ask everybody. This is my uh, my last question to you for the night, man. You've got a microphone to the world. I uh, I got listeners all over the place. Um, and uh, well, and uh, while I'm on that topic, I shit talk a lot about uh, Russians jumping out of planes and and parachuting into the great state of Arizona. Um, for what it's worth, I uh, I support. Uh, the citizens of Russia who are are speaking out against the uh, the war in Ukraine, and I support uh, the citizens of Russia who are against their uh, military aged males, quote unquote, being conscripted into a service that that they don't want to be in for a, a war that they don't believe in. Again, it's we're 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 turning into the counterculture here. I'm starting to to sound, I'm sure, like uh like some hippies did in the '60s, but uh, I do have have listeners in Russia. Um, and I, I know that uh, the vast majority of uh, of citizens all across, really all across the world, want this uh, want these shenanigans in Ukraine to come to an end. My my wife's an- ancestry comes from uh, Ukraine, and I'd like to to get back there to kind of uh, with our son one day to show him where he comes from. Uh, that that can't happen right now though, um, and it's beginning to affect the the surrounding countries. Uh, the Moldovan peacekeeping forces have been put on alert because of. Uh, some shenanigans that are going down on, on their, uh, their border with Ukraine. Uh, so, but, uh, I, I should talk a lot, but, but really I'm, I, uh, I, I can't even begin to imagine what it's like to be, uh, a police officer in Russia right now. I can't begin to imagine what it's like to be a, just an everyday citizen, uh, in some of those countries. Uh, so, but on that note, man, on my, uh, I'll jump down from my horse now. Um, I, I do ask everybody that you got a microphone to the world. What does the world need to hear from you? Man, that's a heavy question. Um, like first and foremost, um, you know, I, I like to, my, my priorities are, you know, God, family and, and, you know, country. Right. So like for, first and foremost, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm a, I'm a believer and I just, you know, it's my kind of testimony to, to that, you know, God loves everyone. We're all, you know, we're all his children. Um, you know, I, I do believe that Christ is our savior and redeemer. So like, first and foremost, that's like ultimate, like what I want everyone to, to know. But, you know, second, along the lines of like the message that I'm trying to, to promote that I'm, you know, the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is that like, you know, we, we, we all, we all have to get, you know, put our differences aside and, and focus on the unity, right? You know, we're all, we're all, you know, one, we're all kind of one people, especially in this, in this country in in the United States, like we have, you know, I, I love the, the motto, the e pluribus unum of many one. Right. And I feel like we're kind of forgetting that as a, you know, as a culture that we're, we're focused, we're starting to focus on the differences where, you know, we've got diversity, we've got all these, you know, equity, we've got all these things and we're not recognizing that it's with our differences that, you know, where we come together, that makes us great. And, and, you know, even globally, you know, we have, as you, as you kind of said, we have like, you know, all these elites, all these, uh, like global elites that are basically kind of running the, the, the game when it comes to these, these war games. 
and all the people are just cannon fodder, right? And but we, but you know, we're all, you know, God's children. We're all, all um, you know, one race, right? There's there there really isn't there's not room enough in your heart for um, both love and hate, right? You got there's one or the other, right? So we got to focus more, I think, on on loving as a global, you know, people, as a cultural people, as a as local, right? It all starts with with you. So you know, focus more on on the positivity, on on loving people, on you know, promoting good rather than highlighting bad. I like it. I don't know that I have anything that I can add to that, man. Uh, well said. Well said, indeed. That. Uh, we are, we're all, we're all humans, right? I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to take, uh, you know, NASA's sending a probe out to one of the moons of Jupiter to dig through the ice and see if there's alien life forms out there. I don't know if it's going to take, take a ET popping down from on high to, uh, to remind us that, Hey, we're, we're humanity. That's who we are. Um, we are far from perfect. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I can, I can say that, uh, the, with, with some level of confidence and I'm kind of talking out of my ass on this one, but I think that the average everyday citizen in Russia and the average everyday citizen in China and the average everyday citizen in America really want the same thing. And that's to be left alone and to, to live in peace and, and, uh, and happiness. And I think that's really all, all we want. Um, maybe we'll get there. I don't know, man. Uh, but we're not going to stop trying. Right. Yeah, we gotta we gotta keep trying. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. Well, Kenyon, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Uh, uh, do you want to uh, uh, take this time? It is. Uh, let's see. Kenyon and I are recording this on Saturday, September twenty fourth. On October first, the uh, I can now say this is the second annual Good Cops giveaway. Uh, we'll kick off. Uh, that's when uh, I'll be. Putting out the word for uh, for donate for uh, donors, uh, businesses, uh, for for goods and services. The entire point behind the Good Cops giveaway is to get equipment and training, uh, and uh, maybe throwing a few swag items in there to uh, to our brothers and sisters in law enforcement who maybe work for agencies that uh, can't or or won't or are otherwise unable to provide them with necessary equipment. I went to the police academy with people who had to buy their own gun. They had to buy their own body armor. They got to buy their own boots. They got to buy their own uniforms. I'm fortunate enough to work for an agency that supplies me with um, pretty much everything I need. Um, and so if you work for an agency that supplies you with everything you need, I would ask that you refrain from putting yourself in for the giveaway uh, and instead nominate uh, an officer, deputy, trooper uh, who, uh, who would otherwise have to spend their hard-earned money on, on equipment that makes their job. Uh, that little bit easier. Um, so necessary equipment, things like boots, uniforms, uh, you know, belts, belt pouches, magazine pouches, things like that. Um, on up to, uh, to things that are nice to have got door jam and the mic loop, uh, joining in, uh, already here in the, in the good cops giveaway. Uh, they were two of my first supporters last year and, uh, they are sitting up there right in my wheelhouse with me this year. So big shout out to those guys. You will see their products in the good cops giveaway this year. Um, and, uh, donations will, uh, information for donors will go out October 1st. There is now a tier system. I've kind of been playing around with that idea. 
this weekend. And then uh, nominations start November 1st. Uh, nominations will end after about three weeks or so. And my goal is to uh, get y'all get, get the three winners an early Christmas present um, and uh, and get stuff out before Christmas. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. You will see that on the Instagram channel and it will be posted onto the website as well. Um, uh, moderncoppodcast.com. I almost said bluelinemillennial.com. That is, uh, that is the old name. We don't, uh, we don't use that one anymore. We've grown up a little bit. Uh, so again, Kenyon, thank you so much, man, for coming on the show. I uh, appreciate everybody for listening. I know I've been gone for about five weeks, uh, uh, and, uh, and I am back and had a great conversation with Kenyon. Check him out, Tased and Confused. And, uh, and I've, I've screwed up somebody's company name in the past, in the past. Kenyon, give me your website again. Yeah, so it's uniongaliber.com. Okay. Um, and right now, uh, and we've got like two, the two um, shirt designs on pre-order. We are in the works of releasing a third. Um, but definitely, um, let's, let's, let's chat because I think I'd like to um, throw a couple Union Caliber shirts in, in with that, uh, that giveaway. That would be awesome. Uniongaliber.com. Check them out on TikTok. Tased and confused. We all need to laugh. We all need to smile. It's a deep, dark world out there, and uh, and Kenyon's doing his part to bring us that little bit extra happiness. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Stay safe. I'll see you on the road.